Do you consider yourself resilient? And what does that mean to you? In this podcast, Resilient Entrepreneurs with 241, we chat with business owners about what resilience means to them as they share their inspiring stories and life lessons. What we've learned running our own businesses, you're never alone, even when it feels like it. So tune in anytime to this podcast. We're always here for you, celebrating resilient entrepreneurs just like you. We're Lauren Vicky from 241, a marketing company for early stage business owners who want to launch, grow, and be resilient. Today, we welcome Dante Hunt to Resilient Entrepreneurs, and we can't wait to see where this conversation goes. Dante is an example of following your passion, of doing what you love, loving what you do, and it's going to be a great conversation. He is also the CEO and founder of MediWaste, which is Bermuda's sole provider of medical waste management services. They collect and dispose of all medical waste generated on the island. He's passionate about three things, he tells us, his family, his spiritual growth, and entrepreneurship. And we're going to dig into probably all of those three things. He spent over 20 years operating businesses that span across virtually every industry sector, retail, finance, e-commerce, hospitality, cleaning services, and tech. So let's go. Hi, Dante, welcome. Hello, Vicky and Laura. How's how's it going? Fantastic. Uh, You just heard um, an audience member. Okay. (laughs) The dog's happy too. We might hear Sky, Laura's Laura's cat, <laughs> and my birds. So, Dante, tell us what you love most about being an entrepreneur. What do I love most? Great question. You know what? I I truly believe that entrepreneurs are in the artist space. We like to create, and well, at least that's what I like to do. I like to create, and it's something special about creating. You have the latitude to do almost whatever you want. You're at the pilot seat, if you will. The ultimate, I guess, satisfaction is sometimes, I say sometimes, sitting back and looking at what you've created. And it it just feels absolutely awesome. The reason why I say sometimes, because we get so stuck in as entrepreneurs, right? And so we've never, we've never arrived, right? And so we, sometimes we cannot just see all of what we've accomplished because, you know, we're always looking for more and more and more. Have I done enough? X, Y, and Z. So I guess first and foremost is it's creating, being a creator. Naturally, and we talked about this earlier, you get the sense of freedom, right? It's give and take, right? But you control what the direction of the business uh, and it's up to you. That can be scary, but sometimes it can be many times. It can be awesome. It all depends on how you prepare yourself uh, when you get into a role of of an entrepreneur and, and leading a company. You've tapped into so many things there. (laughs) Yeah. How do you prepare? That's what I want to know immediately. Like, how do you prepare to become an entrepreneur? So some of our listeners are just at that early stage. Maybe they've got a side hustle and they're ready to go full time into it, or they're just ready to make a big change. How do you prepare to get into entrepreneurship? Great question. You don't know what you don't know. So you're saying, well, Dante, what does that mean? And how can I solve that? Uh, Well, Nowadays, probably in any jurisdiction you're in, there are entrepreneurial, uh, there's an entrepreneurial ecosystem where you have companies, uh, businesses, uh, government quangos or government entities that assist entrepreneurs in figuring out the stuff they need to know before they start. And the awesome part about that is that you're dealing with um, entrepreneurs already who have been through it and you might 
be able to sit down, get a chance to get some business advice. They're not going to tell you how to make your particular business blow up, but they're going to give you the basics. Uh, for instance, as a CEO slash entrepreneur, they have to, or you have to, I have to know financials like the back of my hand. I do. Some persons will say, well, you know what? I have an accountant for that. But yes, and you can have an accountant for that. Your business might need and have so many transactions that you need somebody there day to day running those numbers and ensuring that everything's reconciled. But you need to know how to read um, a cash flow statement, a profit loss, a, a balance sheet, and understand what that means and how you can utilize that data to guide your business going forward. So that's one thing. Maybe the audience, some are thinking, oh my gosh, financials, ew, I don't like to do it. But <laughs> yep. you know what? I, I, you know, and they also think, I just like to do what I love, my passion, whatever that might be, fixing something, building something, selling something. But at the end of the day, you are a CEO, you are a CFO, you are a COO. You need to know operate, you need to know everything. And so that is the stuff that some persons don't realize they have to get stuck into. And whether it be self-teaching once, doing the self-teaching thing, I've done it. I love YouTube. YouTube you University. <laughs> but Absolutely. I mean, QuickBooks, YouTube, yeah. uh, it's absolutely. Phenomenal. So, There's also um, accountants out there who will, not all accountants are just there to take your money and do the work. Some accountants for early stage business owners will actually train you on how to use QuickBooks or how to understand a balance sheet and what your monthly uh, routine could look like. So I think that's another did, kind of insight for people. I actually did that initially when I had a restaurant for years. And uh, yeah, I didn't know this was getting into paying employees, dealing with payroll tax, all these different moving parts. And I wanted to be able to do it myself. And that's what I did. I count for two or three hours and called them up every now and again. Yes, it's a cost, but it's minimal because You're it's, learning. Uh, it's temporary. It's on yeah, it's teaching side. you how to fish instead of feeding you the fish, right? I think it's a great way to go when you're starting your own business. And I mean, I think you touched on a couple of really important points there that I'd love to go back to. And one is maybe we could talk a bit about what the difference is between a passion project and a business. Because a passion project, maybe you're not the CEO, CFO. You're really just doing what you love. But is it really a business? You're making money out of it. I feel like it's a mindset thing. What, what's your view on that? Look, if you're doing a passion project, what is a passion project, to be honest? If it's something that oh, if you break even, you don't care. And even if you take a little loss, it's the benefit is maybe giving back to humanity, something like that. Well, that's fine. If you are looking to uh, be in the green and grow and upscale and be what I believe entrepreneurs are, then yes, you're going to have to... Uh, get out of your comfort zone and uh, learn some stuff that maybe you don't want to. Yeah. That is the nature of the beast or yeah. the beauty. Of you look at it. <laughs> the beauty of <laughs> the beast. You can't have one without the other. I mean, I think I would rather say either you're being philanthropic or you're running a business. But am I passionate about medical waste? I have no idea. I, until I started this project, or at least started pitching to get the contract and, and do all the stuff um, in 2018, 2018, late 18. And I just got the contract in 2000, 
22, early 22 or late 21. In any rate, and so it was a long road. I had no idea what anything about medical waste, but what I am passionate about is creating. And I knew that I had all the elements to put it together as long as I had the, the proper team that could do all the, all the sort of technical stuff. I knew I would learn a bit, but do I need to know specifically everything about the medical waste business? Well, in time I will, but initially I, I, I didn't have to because I surrounded myself with the professionals that could fill in the gaps. But I think, and I know that's why networking is so important, being purposeful about your interactions, always being mindful about who you're around. Maybe that sounds laborsome, but I think it comes naturally over time. Look, I want to grow. I want to make this happen. Yeah, you put more a more of you in, more of your effort into that. So take me back to when you were young, Dante. Yeah. When did entrepreneurship first enter your life? Like at what stage, you know, were you a young entrepreneur? Did you have a lemonade stand? What, <laughs> where did um, entrepreneurship first start for you? I credit my mom. I credit my mom for the beginning buds of entrepreneurship. She would have me, when I wanted something, she would oftentimes tell me to literally write a proposal of why, one, why it, it was important, two, how I, how, what I could do to get the re, uh, remuneration, to get the funds from her uh, to get it. And I, and I would do that. Um, it, it made sense to me. And I was thinking, well, and that I think that's the beginning. I was an I'm, I was and kind. I, I still am an artist. I mean, I do graphic design. I used to draw a lot before, so I am in the artist space. For me, it it just felt. You know what? I I can control. There was some control and some creativity there, and I could um, chart my future through my means. Did I know how to write a proposal? Not really. Did we have Google back then? No, but I just slapped something together and tried to be as good as I can with that proposal, because I knew if it was good. She'd say, yeah. What did you get, Dante? What did you manage to earn for yourself with good business cases as a kid? I, you know what? It was simple stuff. It was like, I think it, back then I wanted a Nintendo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like one of the beginning the t- Nintendos, um, you know, various things. And then it branched off from there. So I, I started cutting, cutting uh, my relative's grass. Yeah. Laura might have fixed your lawnmower. <laughs> we, we have a in common. It's kind of freaky because my first job—I've said this in my podcast way back—that my first job was fixing lawnmowers. I'd literally learned how to, really? and I used to make twenty dollars a lawnmower. Yeah, I could fix the pull handle, all kinds of stuff. I can't remember how to do any of it now, but uh, but yeah, my um, my grandmother's friend—he he just did that for a living, and he taught me how to do it because yeah, it was cool. Uh, and graphic design. I too am a graphic designer. So that, that yeah. is pretty awesome. And I love what you said about all entrepreneurs are creatives. And I do believe that too. I think it's the creation of something and not necessarily an artist, like a fine artist, but we're all artists in, in how we create. So yeah. love that. Love that. What would you say is your greatest achievement so far? What are you most proud of? My greatest achievement um, has nothing to do with business or entrepreneurship. It's just, uh, I don't know if I could say it is an achievement, but it's, you know, my family, the love of my daughters. That has very clear and direct lines to the impetus of why 
I do what I do and I push where I where I have to and where I want to in entrepreneurship. You know, one could say freedom, but also one could say, you know, the remuneration, the funds that I make from many ways, really, for me, I, I, I'm a very simple person. I don't need much to survive, but it supports the happiness and joy of my family. And so that is that is valuable to me, very valuable to me. Yeah, it's so achievement. I've been blessed with a beautiful family, two great daughters. Yeah, it, it just equals my impetus to do what I'm passionate about, which is entrepreneurship. Yeah, it's your why to be successful. And Dante, you also mentioned spirituality is important to you. Um, How does that play into the person who you are in home and in business? As entrepreneurs, you have to, anywhere in life, whether you run track, I ran track back in the day, performance is based on how well you take care of yourself. Um, how well you treat yourself. So for me, uh, spirituality is taking care of myself. It's taking care of my mind. Challenges will happen. And when everything's great, it's it's great, right? But when challenges hit, when um, things hit you sideways, for me, it's my spirituality that helps me perform the best during those hard times. Because during those hard times, you either do one of two things either flounder and you fail and not learn or you deal with the situation and you do learn spirituality keeps me balanced i make a practice every morning i wake up early very early uh, just before the gym and that's what i i go to the gym as well that that's part of my balance i do my spiritual thing head to the gym and that's all before the day starts and then i kick in and, and at that point i i'm ready I'm ready to deal with whatever. And some, and when nothing sort of hits the Richter scale, then that's great. I'm still ready. I'm ready to do whatever I do. But if something does, I'm ready for that as well. Yeah. Keeps you earthed. We keeps love, you grounded. Yeah, we 100%. love a good morning routine. We love to hear about a good morning routine. It's, it's definitely a, a factor in a lot of people's success. Every big, successful, famous person will give you their their morning routine and why it is so important. So now we talk about success. Let's talk about failure. What's your mindset around failure? And have you had any spectacular ones? <laughs> oh yeah, I've had like, I've had like fireworks. Fireworks. <laughs> oh, no, I want to know. Woo! I'm telling we you. embrace failure um, on this episode on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no. So at the time, the failure felt massive and huge. It's how you deal with them. At the time when I had my, my biggest failure, it's devastating. It was devastating, hugely. And it's hard to look at it um, when you're in it. When I say in it, you're, it's happening. It's hard to, to smile and say, oh, this is a great learning opportunity. Ooh, <laughs> great. I'll use this later. Wonderful. You know, it hurts um, as an entrepreneur. Trust me. And for the audience, I'm sure you got um, startups uh, considering starting um, and those who are just new to it have had a, a little bite of that failure. But I, I can tell you from experience that the failures that I've had has led me to MediWaste um, and the skill set, the skill set, the mindset that I have today. Resilient entrepreneurs. This is the title of what we're talking about, that you you got to be resilient. You ask any entrepreneur who you see today as successful, um, and many might believe, oh, my gosh. How do they get there? They will tell you. They have been to how 
uh, and back, um, nobody sees that part. They just see um, all the great stuff and the millions and the, you know, everything's going great. But yeah, resilient entrepreneurs, you're resilient because you deal with failure and you extrapolate all of the experience and, and the things that will that propel you towards success. Yeah. I think to know that you will always get through it. Like you mentioned, when you're in it, it feels really bad. But to know that it will not be that bad always and that you will always get through it. And I always say that it'll work out in the end. And if it hasn't worked out yet, then you're not at the end. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And know that other people have been through it. Right. That's a good one. You know, I'm talking bad. I mean, you think your situation's bad? Other people have been through it. And I think the mindset needs to be, yes, resilience, but okay, so now what do I do? Now what do I do? And you keep on seeking what you should do and keep on propelling yourself towards that's all that's all you can do. Because as soon as you fold, you've lost you've lost and then we're all winners as entrepreneurs we're all winners yeah. always can i just take you back to something you said in the beginning about how you've never arrived when you're an entrepreneur how you're always seeking or chasing or building and you know you get to that place where you've you know you've done something magnificent yet it's not quite enough you know it's that personality trait that i think a lot of us share um yeah, can we talk into that a bit? It's an imperative thing, right? Because you have something called competition that's always knocking you on your door. And so naturally, you always want to know that you're doing it right. You're doing it in the most efficient way. Your your expense side of your profit loss is as lean as it, as it can be on the revenue side. You're being as innovative as you can be. You're staying in tune with the trends of the day and, and, and not staying in tune, but you're hopefully you're at a point where you can set the trend. Um, and so, yeah, Amazon, Bezos. Bezos says that um, they are always in startup mode. They are always in startup mode. I love that. And, and that's synonymous with, all, you know, you never arrive. You, you're always in startup. Okay, we're here. Because there's, there's a cyclical nature of a success of a business. I mean, we take a look at Blockbuster. Yeah, that's an age-old case study. It's a beautiful one where, well, they wouldn't think it's beautiful, but it's a beautiful one where, you know, they, they rode the wave. They were a startup. Uh, it was a great business. There was a lot of demand, but they got complacent. They moved their mindset from startup rule to have uh, arrived and were not a startup. What happened? They didn't uh, innovate. They didn't transform themselves. So you had the likes of Netflix come in, take the mantle, if you will, and yeah. others. But blockbusters could have been Netflix. Yeah, one hundred percent. They had the capital. They, they had they, they had, had the, the uh, they had the clientele. You know, they the they trust. were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the brand, yeah. Yeah, brand, everything. Yes, yeah, it's, it's an interesting story to study for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, and so, but that speaks to uh, technology, right? And I think a lot of people fear new technology coming and taking something away from them. Um, you know, right now there's a rise in AI that it's all everybody is talking about in this space. We're hearing it all day, every day. There's people that are nervous. We're finding new stuff. Vicky and I stumbled upon a really cool AI site last night. We're really excited about learning more on like, um, so what's your thoughts on like, when technology comes, 
how do we get past the fear of, oh my God, what I've built, I'm going to lose in that same space of like staying in startup mode. Like, what do you think about adding the new technology that's coming at such a rapid pace into that? Well, I think technology is, is yet just another element will potentially affect your business. Similar to competition, similar to new products or new services. It's the mindset of the entrepreneur that would allow you to ride that wave and get ahead of it, out of as opposed to being under it, under it. And the mindset is, I will do what I have to do in order to stay above board. AI is going to come. So if, if, if it does affect you, it doesn't affect every business. For instance, if you're a carpenter, it might in some capacity. I don't know. But guess what? Start learning about it if it potentially does. Right. So and it goes back to what I said earlier. You've got to get out of your comfort zone and you're going to have to learn things that you kind of don't want to. I mean, this is maybe the ugly part of being an entrepreneur, but it's the real part. You know, if you want to be ahead of the game, if you want to be successful, if you want to um, upscale and grow, well, no pain, no gain. I also have yeah, a favorite expression that um, fear and excitement are the same emotion. Only yeah. fear is without the breath. So we, if there's something that, you know, might be something that shows some fear or, oh, what is this going to mean for our business? We just breathe into it and say, yeah, I'm excited about this. I'm embracing it. How can I help it work to my advantage? How can I take advantage of it now, get ahead of the curve, as you said, Dante, and, you know, really apply this back into the business to make us even better than we are? Uh, yes. I, I happen to love learning new stuff. And now, over the years, I just love learning new stuff, particularly if it has anything to do with nurturing my baby. What is my baby? It's my business. And so if it's going to nurture my baby, I like, I'm all in it. I'm all in it. I'm all in it. Because your business is your baby. Um, and when I say your business, it's maybe it's a lowercase b. I just made that up. Makes more sense. I say business because your business as you see it today might not be the business uh, that it is tomorrow. There be, could be some pivoting in there. There could be some more than a pivot. It could be like a 3000 degree turn, <laughs> like you're spinning, but, um, you know, but, but it, it, it's your business is, is the creation that you have made. It started at one point, it could be something else, but, and also entrepreneurs allow your allow yourself to allow the business to morph. Cause what happens as entrepreneurs, we get attached to the creation in our mind and it's gotta be this way and it's going to be that and it's going to be great. And we try to fit everything within this particular idea and we don't allow it to sort of morph and we don't allow ourselves to allow, allow it to morph, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. It's tricky too, because on one hand, you want to try to protect it as much as possible and not let outside influences change your idea, because that can often be a problem for entrepreneurs, because we are often start out at least as solo entrepreneurs with this idea in our mind. And then we start talking to others and then you stop talking to others because you don't like all the outside influence. It's a really tricky balance, especially in the early stages. So like, what do you tell people? Because, you know, you work for BDC, um, which is Bermuda Economic Development Corporation. 
and you help out and support and train and build and grow these amazing entrepreneurs. What do you tell them, you know, when they're in that phase of, you know, just the ideation part and they're worried about too many influences and my mom says I should be doing this and, you know, your loved ones are saying this and everybody's saying, how do you protect and balance between your idea and allowing it to grow and morph into a successful business? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so your idea is your idea. You're, 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 you may have gotten this idea based on assumptions that you have, uh, based on assumptions. Those assumptions could be, you know, things that uh, if you, you've seen, these are external factors that you're saying, well, you know what? I think I have a solution to this problem. Entrepreneurs naturally, this is exactly what we do. We solve problems. And so you're like, look, I've got this solution. And, and, and that's the ideation phase, right? Believe it or not. Nobody comes up with an idea because they just woke up and boom, I should make widgets. They, you know, it, it's some external force that says I should do that. Now, once you get to that point, um, the, the first thing you should do is validate those assumptions. So it, it, there's no balance between people talking to you and your idea. There's zero balance. You need to talk to people, you know, forget about balance. Yeah, you, you know, you need to talk to people um, so that they can validate your idea. Yes, you'll go to family. Family is probably the weakest um, group of people to validate your idea. You need to go out to people you don't know. This is oftentimes I'm I'm a, I'm I'm a between an introvert and an extrovert, but I can be very extroverted. So I don't mind talking to people. I can go out. And um, most times I don't really care what they think, but I'm going to be very sensitive and, and you know, I'm, I'm going to have a plan and go out and validate my assumptions with regards to my business. You got to do that. And you, it, the more people you touch in whatever uh, platform I, that you, you desire, whether you, your platform be yourself, I think that's the best if you go out yourself as much as you can, right? And then other platforms, surveys, you name it. But you have to be willing to be wrong, right? You gotta be willing to be wrong about your idea or because if you're not on the flip side, that can hurt you financially, emotionally, you name it. If you go ahead with your idea with blocking your ears, closing your eyes, I know it's right. You gotta put in that work. I know, I know that the passion is, you know what? I got to get this idea going. It's got to get feet. I need to get a loan. I just need to go and it's going to work. Nope. Wrong. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Oh, look, have there been lottery winners in the entrepreneurial space? Yes. What do I mean? What is Dante talking about? Lottery winners. Well, have there been individuals that, you know, come up with, they had an idea, they're in the ideation phase. And they just went, bam, gong-ho, give me, give me some money, boom, and it blew up. That's a lottery winner. And what is a lottery winner? One in a billion, one in a quadrillion, you know, one in whatever. It's, it's a lottery winner. It's not how you do it. You've got to go ahead and validate those assumptions and make it as much as you can foolproof, as much as you can. There is still that risk, but you want to minimize that risk. That's what I'm saying. But, but Dante, if I yes. tell people my idea... Somebody's going to steal it. <laughs> Sorry. Right? That's what everybody says. I hear That's that all the time. I hear, you know what? My response is to that is I can give a blueprint 
to making a business or an idea. I can give you a blueprint. Ideas do not make money. You're not the first one with this idea. You're not. And you won't be the last. Entrepreneurs make money. Entrepreneurs make an idea successful. Entrepreneurs go that extra mile. Entrepreneurs wake up early. Entrepreneurs learn the stuff that they want to. Entrepreneurs find out what other successful entrepreneurs have done to be successful. Entrepreneurs do it. It's you, right? So blab it out. Blab it out. It's okay. Get it out there. Talk to people. Find out if it works. Ask if the, if the pricing is well, good. Ask if the widget should be green or yellow. Ask if it should be this size or that size. Ask if the service should be whatever. You know, you, you got to just, and you've got to record this. Get that data. Data is king. Data is king. Record that data. Uh, learn how to, or figure out how to utilize that data to your benefit. Um, and, and work that bad boy through. And this is why I say you have to know your financials. That's one of the key data. Now, you're saying for a new entrepreneur, why don't I have financials? It's financial projections are massive, you know, cash flow projections. And uh, that will help you in pricing. It would help you into understanding your break even and how, you know, your, your, your what you should pay yourself as opposed to what, what you think you should pay yourself as opposed to what you can pay yourself. Um, it, it, will, it will tell you, it will give you a timeline, if you will, in terms of when you can do phases. So financials is key. Financials is key, 100%. I would say that's the first thing you want to be as good as you can be with financials, particularly if you're starting out projections. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely brilliant, Dante. You've said it all. You have said it all. And I think this is such brilliant advice for people at any early stage of their business, whether it's an idea or whether it's um, they've started and they're wondering where to go next. And I think it's important that we remind people uh, that if they're in Bermuda and they're in that situation, that they should most definitely or can most definitely reach out to BEDC to get the kind of support that you were just talking about. And it's so valuable to have, um, to know that there's mentors, there's support, there's real factual information, there's people who are willing to help. Um, and BEDC ticks all of those boxes. And then also, of course, to surround yourself with a like-minded community, which is the community we provide through the Level Up League, um, just to know that you're not in it alone which is a lot of the things that we've talked about today. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, I mean, just real quick, if I could talk about the BEDC, I mean, and, and, and some of the stuff that we can we offer. My team, we do business advice, virtual. It's free. Um, it lasts about an hour. You can do as many as you can. And you're going to talk to persons like myself and others who are passionate. We have eight-week courses, which of which we've utilized you guys to the point where maybe we start paying you. <laughs> we um, love doing and then it. we have webinars and seminars but uh, you know two for one you guys have been absolutely phenomenal you're great entrepreneurs polished and, and i love working with you guys uh, but yeah the bdc is a great source um, financing as well but a great source um and you are the audience have an excellent source here with two for one so great job guys oh thank you so much um, we do have one question that we need to ask because this is Resilient Entrepreneurs. So 
What does resilience mean to you? Resilience is being able to take a hit and get up and still going. I'm talking about a hit that knocks you out. Uh, emotionally, uh, physically, it drains you. And you get back up and you get right back on that horse. And you say, well, why did I get hit like that? Huh, okay, well, that's why. You learn from it. So you, you're able to duck. I don't know why I'm using a boxing analogy, <laughs> but it it's came funny. to me. I like it. Yeah, yeah. And so you get up. Resilience is is never giving up, you know, definitely. I mean, it, that's the definition of it. But as an entrepreneur, knowing that you will get hit hard, but do you have to? You don't necessarily have to. The reason why many entrepreneurs, including myself in my earlier days, um, got hit pretty hard going along with the analogy is that I didn't realize or, well, back then, I'm, I'm 45 now. So back then, I mean, yeah, back then we didn't have these, these amazing uh, entrepreneurship ecosystems uh, that we have today, where you have these incubators and these accelerators and MSME, uh, micro, small and medium enterprise um, sort of quangos out there that are that are part of government um, in a way. We didn't have all of this support. What this support does, it's providing you the ability to reduce the knockout factor. Yes, you might have failures, but maybe it might be a little jab. You know, you can you know kind of rub that off. So yeah, even a jab could hurt sometimes, and, and you still got to get up from that. So the point is, yeah, resilience. It's it's all about um, moving towards your goal, come what may. Getting up, doing it again. Trust me. Um, if I could tell you the dollar signs that I've lost um, in entrepreneurship, well, it's relative, I guess, but for me, it hurt. Uh, but on the flip side, here's the glorious side. The glorious side, I mean, um, I would say that MediWaste, uh, my business, MediWaste, um, culminated, well, its success and, and its creation was born from all of the things that I've learned um, through failures and through resilience. Um, and I utilize them now um, almost like uh, naturally. It comes, it just comes very easily now. Um, and MediWaste is, uh, for me, the biggest achievement I've, I've gotten. It's, it's a multi-million dollar company. So I'm, I'm proud of it. Should be. And not to beat your boxing analogy to death, but it certainly is uh, important that people like you in our corner for all of us entrepreneurs out there as we're trying to be resilient and build and create and be artists um, all the time in our own businesses. And we're so grateful for you to join us today on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. And we'll include, of course, include everything in the show notes, um, how to get in touch with BEDC um, and take advantage of some of their incubators and other programs for businesses so that we can you know, just get that little bit further ahead faster. So thank you so much, Dante. Really appreciate you. It was an amazing thank conversation. And I'm sure we'll be seeing you again soon. Surely. So thanks for joining us on Resilient Entrepreneurs. We're Laura and Vicky from Two for One. We love supporting entrepreneurs, especially with mindset, marketing, and motivation, which is why we've built an incredible community of business founders who meet weekly in the Level Up League. If you'd like to know more about it, look us up at 241branding.com.